After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Come 
introduced earlier in the week. It's an amazing selection off of the Tana DeValio CD. It is uh, essentially a Deer Shoe medley uh, from the uh, Seum uh, that took place in March in uh, Tel Aviv. Uh, recent release on CD, Gershi Moskowitz presentation here at JM in the AM. Before that, you heard Eighth Day with Days Are Coming from the Inner Flame brand new CD. Segula, that's the title track to Ohad's latest, and uh, we featured that yesterday during a great hour with Ohad. He was on the phone from Israel. Yerachmiel begun Miami Boys Choir, Tzor Yisrael, and Inve off of the Ut Ut CD, and you heard Regesh Modaani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Thursday on this June 25th, the 8th of Tammuz. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. As we, um, we've gotten to a Thursday, thank God. <laughs> 69 degrees outside. I gotta write something down. Hang on. I apologize. I really do. But I'm gonna forget half the things I gotta remember. Uh, 69 degrees outside with 56% humidity. Winds are west at three miles per hour. Mostly sunny with a high temperature of 84. Then tonight. Rain late with a low of 69. Tomorrow, morning showers and a high temperature of 75 degrees. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 74 and sunny. I spoke to Ari Katz yesterday up in Camp Missoura. He says the place looks fabulous, getting ready for the uh, staff to come up this weekend. They're at 52 degrees in Guilford, New York, going up to 78. Actually, not that bad. Uh, here in uh, Jersey City, we're at 69 degrees on a Thursday morning broadcast at JMNAM. Amazing day all day long on our stream at jmnam.org. Do what hundreds and thousands do on a regular basis. Keep the um, keep your uh, computer, your iPad, your iPod, your iPhone, your phone, for those who use the listen line, your app. Keep it tuned all day long to jmnam.org and the Nachum Siegel Network. We've been ama- i got to go through some of the stuff we're doing today. It, it is hard for me to believe that we're at the end of a season, the way that our incredible producers and hosts are working on great original programming. And uh, I'll give you some examples of that coming up. Uh, so we'll have that for you here at JM and the AM. Jew in the Speaking of great hosts, Jew in the City, Allison Joseph is going to be joining us. There's a brand-new initiative. It's called Macomb. She'll explain what that's all about. Uh, that'll be happening later on, plus plenty more between now and 9 o'clock here at JM in the AM. Uh, weekly update is scheduled for tomorrow. I saw Malcolm yesterday. I visited the uh, the Bach and Honline families yesterday. I'd mentioned that um, Sender Bach had passed away, and his family is sitting Shiva in Teaneck, New Jersey. And um, based on my conversation yesterday with Malcolm, looks like we're a go, and we will be able to review the... Uh, Events of the week uh, tomorrow morning, 7.40 in the morning right here at JM and the AM. So make sure to be tuned in for that as we conduct the weekly update and get everybody up to date on what's happening in this world of ours. Lipa's next. This is a JM and the AM Thursday. Good morning, everybody. I am toy them, 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 I am toy
David Perlman from the uh, CD entitled Miracles. That's Modaani. Before that, Leif Tahar, done by Struli Tversky. Aaron Razel had Am Yisrael, Amiran Dvir with Noda. He actually did that song live in studio with us last week. Pretty amazing tune. Lipa had Ben Faga to open up that set here at JM the AM. It's Thursday morning on this 25th of June, the 8th of Tammuz. Hello, everybody. Yeah, we're, believe it or not, we're nine days away. Oh, nine days. We're nine days away from Shavasar Batamas, the start of the three weeks. Could you imagine? There's a lot of action in the last week before the three weeks. A lot of weddings next week. Some big celebrations. And then, of course, uh, we'll get into our three weeks format. But why even start dwelling on that? Uh, we've got an amazing lineup today of great shows with incredible guests on jamnam.org, on the NSN app, on the Nahum Siegel Network. Call it whatever you want. Just amazing material. Uh, Charlie Harari is going to be hosting the boardroom. Uh, it'll be um, episode number 26, Charlie in Israel. Uh, he'll discuss the concept of being busy, deliberate practice, and the old talent lays in success. Um, a simple solution to change your habits. In the news with Michael Davis, working and being productive outside the office. Sarah Blakely's advice for how to be more innovative. He packs a lot into one hour. It's amazing. That happens right after JM in the AM. At the 10 o'clock this morning, Allison Josephs, who's going to be in our studio, uh, coming up in the next half hour. Jew in the City Speaks, a show that's been getting a lot of attention recently. Uh, today at 10 o'clock, special guest Debbie Fox, founder and director of Maganiel Adim Child Safety Institute, who speaks about abuse in the Orthodox community. That's between 10 and 10.30. Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life. She is actually going to interview Mayor Weingarten, our expert, of course, when it comes to Israel and everything having to do with Israel. Two important yard sites this week. Uh, the incredible Naomi Shemer and the legendary uh, Yoni Netanyahu. Hear reflections about their lives and musical selections honoring their memories. It's all coming up between 10.30 and 11 on That's Life. An amazing stunt show today. I'll tell you about that in a little while. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Golly Tal in the background, news from Israel coming up. Mm. They got good programming also after the news. Interesting. But nothing matches ours, I can tell you that much. Golly Tal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday is next. Boca Toe from JM in the AM. גלי צהל השעה השתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. הקרב על הגז, הקבינט המדיני-ביטחוני צפוי לדון בצהריים בפשרה שהושגה בין המדינה לחברות הגז. בינתיים בבית המשפט בלוד הסתיים בצהריים הדיון בתביעה הייצוגית נגד מונופול הגז. כתבתנו שרון פולבר. השופטת אסתר שטמר אמרה בדיון שמדובר בשאלה חשובה בתחום ההגבלים העסקיים שטרם קיבלה מענה בפסיקה ודחתה את טענת שותפויות הגז לפיה הציבור לא יכול לתבוע כיוון שהוא צרכן עקיף. התביעה מבקשת מהשופטת להכיר בכך שהשותפויות מוכרות לחברת החשמל את הגז במחיר מופקע תוך ניצול כוחן כמונופול ומבקשת לפצות את הצרכנים במיליארדים. דיון קדם משפט נוסף נקבע לחודש נובמבר. חבר הכנסת יאיר לפיד נועד היום עם מנהיגי העדה הדרוזית בעקבות הלינץ' בפצועים הסורים. כתבנו גיא ורון שמע אותו. הברית שלנו עם העדה הדרוזית היא חקוקה באבן ונצחית, היא מבוססת על הידידות, היא מבוססת על השירות בצה"ל, היא מבוססת גם על הצורך לציית לחוק, אף אחד במדינת ישראל לא יכול ואסור לו לקחת את החוק בידיו. 
הפרופסור גבי ברבש פורש מתפקידו כמנהל בית החולים איכילוב בתל אביב. כתבתנו יערה שפירא. במכתב ששלח לכל עובדי בית החולים כתב ברבש, הבוקר הודעתי לראש העיר על החלטתי לפרוש מתפקידי. אני מנהל את בית החולים שלנו מעל ל-20 שנה, וזה בהחלט זמן ראוי להתרעננות. עוד הוא הוסיף, מנהל טוב נבחן בין השאר ביכולתו להעביר תפקיד בצורה מסודרת, והתייחס כנראה לפרופסור רוני גמזו, שצפוי להתמודד במכרז על התפקיד. שר התחבורה ישראל כץ אומר שמשרדו גיבש עם מכון התקנים תקן למערכת שתתריע במקרה של שכחת ילדים ברכב הסעות. כץ אמר לכתבנו אלדר גילרן כי הוא מתכוון לחייב את החברות להתקין את המערכת כתנאי לחידוש הרישיון. אין דבר יותר מחריד מאשר אדם ששוכח את התינוק שלו בתוך רכב. פיתוח ישראלי ייחודי, ראשון מסוגו בעולם, מאפשר התראה במקרה של שכיחת ילד תינוק ברכב. אני מתכוון לחייב את חברות ההסעה להתלות את הרישיון שלהם בהתקנת המכשיר, וגם אנחנו נתמרץ את הרכבים הפרטיים, בעלי הרכבים, להתקין. מנהיגי האיחוד האירופי מתכנסים היום בבריסל לדיון מכריע על החוב של יוון. חברת מפלגת השלטון, הילניה בלוניטו, אמרה ביומן החוץ עם גלית אלטשטיין שהנושים מעוניינים להחליף את השלטון באתונה. דרישות הנושים מוגזמות, הן נועדו להפיל את ממשלתנו כדי שתעלה ממשלה שתתפשר יותר עם האירופים. כך חברת הפרלמנט היווני. מאות מבקשי מקלט מאריתריאה מפגינים מול משרדי האיחוד האירופי ברמת גן בעקבות דוח האו"ם האחרון המפרט שורה של הפרות זכויות אדם בארצם. הם קראו למדינות אירופה ולרשויות בישראל לנהוג בהם כאזרחים הזקוקים להגנה בינלאומית. האו"ם עכשיו בדיון להאשם את ראשי הממשלה שלנו לפגוע בזכויות אדם. צריך להביא אותם לחוק, לבית המשפט העולמי. אנחנו רוצים שינוי במדינה שלנו, אנחנו רוצים שתהיה לנו מדינה דמוקרטית. התחזית לסוף השבוע, עלייה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
tires. It's hard to see the light of better days. But then I dare in a dream. I find the hope for more. I reach for all you gave and see that I can be stronger. I can be braver. I can be, I can be anything. Anything I want to be. Oh, anything I want to be. I have the power. I have the courage. We love and what we give to one another. Loving is giving, giving is life. Life is the people we love and what we give to one another. Loving is giving, giving is life. I gotta find out from Yossi Zweig who composed that song. Yaakov Shweki, brand new with that single, I Can Be. That is a nice song. Sometimes I really go for these uh, simple pop-sounding tunes. That's a great one. That is a great one. Uh, JM and the AM, that's right. Yaakov Shweki opening up the hour for us. Uh, nine minutes after 7 o'clock Thursday with 69 degrees, mostly sunny and a high temperature of 84. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Wishing everybody an amazing summer ahead. I wasn't even aware of the fact that so many campers already left for camp. Yeah, apparently a lot of people already left for camp. So if you're listening at 90.1 FM in the Catskills, I thank you. If you're listening on your phone, I thank you. If you're listening on your iPad, I thank you. No matter what method you're using to tune in, I thank you very much. I guess this Shabbos will be a relatively uh, empty Shabbos for certain Jewish neighborhoods, I would guess. If so many people are uh, already heading out... Um, Jew in the City, Allison Josephs joins us. We'll uh, speak about Project Macomb coming up later on this hour here at JM in the AM. Please keep in mind, listener Jerry asked us to, uh, 
ask everyone to keep in mind Chaim Gavriel Ben Elka Esther. Again, that's Chaim Gavriel Ben Elka Esther, and you're hoping that is a greatly appreciated. Wishing all those who are in need of a speedy recovery just that uh, from all of us here at JM in the AM. Last night I was at an incredible wedding, Rockley Country Club in uh, New Jersey, and I want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to the uh, Cohen and Waldman families. It was just a spectacular celebration. Uh, we had the Iron Tide of Am Orchestra, Yisrael M, of course, conducting Ellie Cohen on the uh, beautiful piano, um, or the portable piano, depending on how you look at it. And a um, a special shout-out to Shlomi Daskal. Just a remarkable job, both during the chuppah and during the reception. Remarkable job. Um so Tzvi Waldman and Nachama Cohen, they are the uh, Hassan and Kala. And, um, and the Cohens come from Lawrence, the Waldmans come from uh, Flatbush, Brooklyn. And we wish them and the extended family, and there was a beautiful extended family there from London and, uh, and many other areas, wish them a very special Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, 12 minutes after the hour. Uh, speaking of weddings, I, I saw an announcement on uh, Facebook, then I saw it in the Jewish press afterwards. I want to take this opportunity to wish a very special mazel tov to the Winniars and Ziegler families. Always extra special, as I like to say, when you know both sides. And in this case, Shia Winniars and Meira Ziegler, mazel tov to you, mazel tov to Miriam Winniars, that's Shia's mom, and to Rabbi Mr. Shlomo Ziegler, who we know for a million years. And uh, to Rabbi Aaron and Libby Ziegler, of course, who uh, we know as well for a long time. A very special Mazda to the Winniars and Ziegler families from all of us here at JMN. They should continue to celebrate Simcha after Simcha. And um, we wish them the very best from all of us here at JM in the AM. This is brand new Yankee Daskal off the brand new Tana Develi OCD at JM in the AM.
something about that song I've always loved. The Rabbi's Sons with Shabbos Kodesh off the Kivinu collection here at JM in the AM. Ohad, a song that one of our listeners commented when we played it yesterday during the Ohad interview. A listener commented that is going to be the next big wedding hit. Certainly seems to be on its way. What an amazing selection. It's called uh, Lamelech off of the brand new Skula album from Ohad here at JM in the AM. Yankee Daskal before that, Vali Rishalayim from the brand new Tana Debay Elio CD. Thursday morning, it's JM in the AM. Jew in the City is scheduled for a few minutes from now. We'll speak about a brand new initiative entitled Project Makom. Amazing day on our stream all day long at jmintheam.org, including, as I mentioned earlier, an incredible stun show. Leora Zamek is going to be doing the stun show today. And as she writes on Facebook, Hot topic alert. The stun show today, which begins at 1 o'clock and is so supersized, it's probably going to go to about 3 p.m. this afternoon, is about dating. This week, Leora speaks with Rookie Renoff, author of The Art of the Date and The Art of Marriage, and Joy Lieber, creator of the Getting to Know You game entitled Perfect Matches. In addition, Leora invites friends to play the game with her, you definitely don't want to miss a supersized, jam-packed two-hour show between 1 and 3 p.m. today, all about dating, hosted by Leora Zamek, with which, uh, with rather, as you heard, uh, some amazing guests. Rookie Renoff and uh, Joy Lieber are great guests. So that's all happening after the live lunch. During the live lunch, we'll speak with Doug Sokloff. Doug, of course, from Kitchen Sink. And they have started a um, an amazing initiative to encourage people, and it seems to be working, to send that big kitchen sink box with everything you need in it uh, as a gift, as gifts for um, for different people. Friends, relatives, uh, Mazel Tov wishes, brand new couples, etc., etc. So I'll talk with him about that. I'll speak with him about that. About 12 noon Eastern time today during the live lunch, we'll welcome Doug Sokloff. And uh, everybody at Kitchen Sink. You know, the three weeks are coming up. I know it's hard to believe, but they are coming up soon. And um, Charlie Bernhardt and I have been toying with the idea of taking a morning and really getting some great three weeks appropriate cantorial selections on the air. Now, I know that some people won't be happy because they won't be a cappella. There'll be some musical accompaniment. But trust me, trust me, that compared to some of the a cappella selections that everybody accepts out there for Sphere in the three weeks, uh, this will be even more inspiring and heartsick. Anyway, we've designated two weeks from today. Charlie Bernhardt will be in two weeks from today with some appropriate three-week selections from the world of cantorial music. I'm looking forward to doing that with him. That'll be right on the heels of our trip to Houston. We'll be in Houston that week as we visit the um, storm-ravaged area and find out what's going on and how we possibly could help. Uh, that's going to be happening that week, right after the 4th of July. We'll be down in Houston, Texas, discovering what uh, an amazing Jewish community it is down there. So um, that'll all be coming up that week. Of very, the first week of the three weeks is going to be pretty special, I must say, right here at JMM. Yesterday we got the uh, brand new book. Uh, it's called Banished. Banished is written by um, Aliza Basmanachem, and um, it's essentially a book, a novel, I believe a fictional novel, but obviously based on uh, true events, of the expulsion from uh, Gush Katif ten years ago. As that anniversary approaches, I'm going to try to get through the book this weekend, and hopefully we'll have her on the air. Uh, she's written a whole bunch of stuff and um, and has been following the activities in Gush Katif from a couple of years before the expulsion. So this brand-new novel, Banished, is, uh, is I assume it's out. We have it here, and we'll speak to her as we get closer and closer to that 
infamous anniversary. 7.30 in the morning, Jew in the City coming up. If you keep it here at JM in the AM, this time each and every Monday through Thursday, Rabbi David Goldwasser, his words, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Chazal, our sages of blessed memory say that when Mashiach comes, all those who are dispersed will be gathered together. The tzaddikim will be close to Mashiach. Those who conducted themselves properly in this world, they were careful from chet, from sin, and were always meticulous in financial matters. Mashiach will bring them to a special yam. He will open up for them the hidden treasures. There they will see silver and gold. They'll be able to take anything they want, and they can return to their homes with great treasures. When Mashiach will fly to Ganadin with great Kedusha, all of the tzaddikim and noshim tzidkanios will fly together with him. Those who are rewarded with otsros will also want to go to Ganadin, but they won't be able to run because they're going to be weighted down with the materialism, the gashmias that they clung to. We see that the vekas begashmias, holding on to sheer materialism, takes a person away from his Ganadin. The Talmud Sanhedrin tells us that Hashem grabbed on to the garment of Yeravam and said, Return, and I, you, and the son of Yishai will stroll together in Ganadin. Yeravam asked Hashem, Who's going to be first? Hashem said, Ben Yishai. At that point, Yeravam declined the offer of Hashem. Hashem promised him Ganadin, and he didn't do tshuva. Because a person that is steeped in sin, a balavera, doesn't want to do tshuva and will not even be chayzer, will not return in the olam ha'emes, the world of truth. The midos ros, or the negative character traits, were so enrooted in his body, nothing would help. This was the downfall of Yeravim. He created strife between B'nai Yisrael and Avim Shabbat Shamayim, their father in heaven. Why? It was for the sake of his honor. Because of his honor, he didn't have the strength to be choyzer b'tshuva, to repent. Yeruvim ben Nevot held on so tightly to that aspiration for covet, for honor, to the sheer materialism, it held him back from his own Ganadin. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM Thursday. She is Jew in the city. Allison Josephs, a great guest of ours and a member of the Nachum Siegel Network. Her show, Jew in the City Speaks, continues to a play to international acclaim and get more and more attention, and we thank her for that. And we also thank her for doing a great show, and we'll discuss what's going on later on today uh, with her. But uh, today is uh, designated as a, a day to speak about Project Macomb, something that she began, an initiative that uh, that developed out of Jew in the City. And everyone out there, open up your minds and your hearts, and let's explore what Project Macomb is all about. Allison Josephs, Jew in the City, welcome back to JM in the AM. How are you? I'm doing well. Baruch Hashem. And you do have a great show today, and we'll get to that. And uh, I continue to applaud you for everything you're doing. I I wish I was as, as mellow a presenter as you are. Do you ever listen back to some of the shows you do? Oh, yeah. You know, I don't... I'm just sort of talking, and ta- I like to talk to people, and I like to talk to interesting people. Because so. there are times in person when you come across as fire and brimstone. Oh, fire only to my husband. No, um. <laughs> <laughs> there are times when you seem to be, you know, 
it, where you give a real, the passionate presentation. But in, th- in this forum, you are able to just, you know, remain yeah. mellow and conduct a nice, calm conversation. I think because I'm trying to, you know, showcase the guests and, and hear what they're about. And so that's kind of a discussion my husband and I have had. Am I supposed to talk more or talk less? But I feel like people hear from me pretty often. I mean, that's mostly what they hear from on social media. <laughs> so this is sort of a chance for me to kind of ask the questions of these different people, of all stars, of different experts, um, to hear their stories. So. Well, I think you have a great formula. So there you go. Thank you. Um, it, it, you know, there's somebody on Facebook who, uh, I, I don't know which of the friends it is that, that does this on a regular basis, but almost every day, uh, posts an article or a story and, um, and mentions in their post how there's not a day that goes by without bad news, so to speak, or without disgraceful news to the Jewish community. And you are somebody, and we've discussed this a million times, you're somebody who's out there as a representative of the observant Jewish world, trying to explain to people what we're all about, break down a lot of barriers and stereotypes, and at the same time help those that want to, who they themselves want to become closer to traditional Judaism. So I know how I react, you know, with some anger and anxiety when I see these articles. How do you react, and do you anticipate every time you see one that you're going to have to defend it or discuss it somewhere? So I think... um at the beginning, I think what most people do, the reaction is the cringe. They're sort of like you see it and you just that automatic, like, you know, sort of, um, constrict with the, oh, you know, right. another Chal Hashem. What we're trying to do now is anticipate the Chal Hashem, really. That's our work kind of from the beginning was let's try to break down stereotypes. Let's try to show that we're not all the bad news. What we've seen in the last maybe couple of years is that there are certain things that kind of keep on happening that maybe need actually changing in the community. Now, maybe for some people that's an uncomfortable thing to say, do we need to look at ourselves and figure out? That's how some of the work, like with the halachic prenup, I think right. the last time I was here, we keep seeing these Aguna stories again and again. It's because maybe we need to do something within our community, listen to some of these rabbanim that are saying, you know, do some preventative measures. So A lot of backlash from that? or um, No, or actually, okay? you know, we, we got a lot of positive feedback, actually. Good. I mean, maybe I was just not in the right places for the backlash, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think what we're trying to do by, by getting you know more Haredi Rabbanim um, on board or at least publicizing their support of it the idea was to show I think sort of the lowest hanging fruit in the Haredi community the people that are you know sort of most open and you know kind of more in the centrist realm that even if culturally it's not what they're used to right. um, Rabbanim that they trust believe this is a good thing and that right. We can keep on cringing and we can keep sort on Sort of like bad. my community may not be ready for it, but it's a great idea, that type of thing. Exactly. Right. It's just at least to open it. I mean, what I, you know, because I, you know, saw that it was in the headlines more and more. Um, and besides the fact that these women obviously need help, I mean, I could, there's a million problems that need help. So I have to sort of limit it to like only 17 things that right. we're trying to fix. So once it reaches the headlines, um, it became a thing where when I go on speaking engagements, the people that bring me out to speak a lot of times are more in the Haredi community. So as we're driving, you know, out to dinner, I'm like, by the way, have you heard of the halachic prenup? Can we have a little talk about this? And so that's just sort of like a grassroots way of spreading the word, finding out who their rabbanim are, reaching out to those rabbanim, having a conversation with them about it, and sort of figuring out, Maybe we can prevent some of these bad headlines. Also help people. That's a huge part. Right. People are suffering, but yeah. No question about it. Uh, Allison Joseph's here, Jew in the City. Um, before we talk about Project Macomb, and it is an amazing initiative, the, the and maybe we may have discussed this before, I'm not sure. Um, when you go ahead and interview or feature or laud, as we do, those who are, you know, in 
in out of the box field, so to speak, for the for the, our regular Jewish community. Yet they're there declaring that Shabbos is more important to them than anything else. I mean, Dimitri Salida is a perfect example here, where you know where the guy takes on the entire boxing entertainment world and says, you know, Shabbos is more important than all this stuff, than the most important industry in the United States. And he gets lauded by me, and we treat him as a Jewish hero here. And we've discussed this in the past. But you are now uh, encountering so many people who are moving closer to traditional Judaism, who call themselves Orthodox, who, you know, are doing a whole, and I am sure, a whole variety of things that would indicate that they have a real interest in the Orthodox Jewish community. Yet to many people out there, they might say to you or might say to themselves, well, that person's not really Orthodox. Like, they're, they're not doing what we do, or they don't understand how important what we do is to be Orthodox. I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, there are many people who, you know, you ask what's orthodoxy. And many people, whether this is right or wrong, will say, you know what? Shabbos is the demarcation. Shabbos is the common ground, the common denominator. If someone's anywhere on the scale from right to left where they declare that, you know, for 25 hours I've got to be, you know, out of things, then they're, but, but if they're not at that stage yet, I don't know if we can call them orthodox. You must go through this all the time with this, with people who claim to be or want to be regarded as orthodox and legitimately, you know, should be considered that, but to some, hey, I don't know if they're really, you know, doing close to what we're doing. Look, I, I think um, for our Orthodox Jewish All-Stars, for instance, we're in the middle, middle of deliberating now for our 2015 list. Um, we, our basic thing is Shabbos, Kosher, Mikvah. This, the, I, I would say those three things are sort of the, the entry point, you know, in Orthodox Shul, right. Orthodox Education, Shabbos, Kosher, Mikvah. Um, and, yeah, some out-of-the-box things. We're not choosing a career uh, or going into an industry where they would be required to, you know, compromise on another area of halacha um, if they're not as, you know, I don't know, strong, or if that's something they focus on as much, um, but the career doesn't make them do that, then um, we're, you know, they're still uh, a contender in our minds. Basically, you know, we, we want to showcase these people to show um, both children who are in the firm community and who want to have big dreams that there are bigger possibilities out there than they might have imagined they might have seen in their own world that for some kids they might see the road ahead either you know follow all the rules that mom and dad gave me or you know go after my dreams and leave everything behind so we want to show them that maybe there's a road in between and then we want to show people that are already in the world that you can add more observance into your life and so in terms of what people care say i don't know i don't really care so much i mean maybe that's (laughs) Yeah, I understand you don't care, but like, at what, someone declares himself, declares themselves an Orthodox Jew, right? Yeah. So, let, let's, you know, give an absurd example where they're declaring themselves an Orthodox Jew, but they're, you know, uh, publicly, you know, have no observance of Shabbos and oh. holidays, et cetera. So, I mean, so that would be an easy one, obviously. Right. You know? No, any, anyone that we have called Orthodox has told us that they're Shomer Shabbos and kosher and that sort of a thing, meaning like we're, we're vetting people before we name them. Yeah, by the way, I'm not bringing this up to yeah, criticize yeah, 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 you. Yeah, yeah. I hope you understand. No, no, <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, I think, I, look, I'll give you another perfect example. Yeah. Dudu Fisher is once in that chair that you're right. sitting in, right? And he's, again, one of the people here that, as far as I'm concerned, is a Jewish hero. Because yeah. he declares to the whole world of Broadway, etc., Shabbos is more important. So, um, so somebody says, uh, you know, some someone, a listener, in reaction to how he describes something, not necessarily a Shabbos thing, but something in his way of life, and it you know calls up and says, hey, you know, come on, he's not. He, he says he's Orthodox, he's not really Orthodox. Now, 
We know he is, in fact, a Shomer Shabbos Orthodox Jew. But right. there are people out there to whom, you know, it's different standards and, you know, who, who might scoff at the fact that, you know, someone declares themselves Orthodox. Is this a big deal or not? Uh, look, I, I think um, I think the person doing the judging might have some stuff to work on themselves. You know, what I'm saying like <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think that um, we have to have bigger minds, and we we don't know what's going on in people's heads, and we don't know what's going on privately for anyone, even for someone that quote unquote dresses the part or more, you know, seems to fit into the box. You don't know what's going on, you know, uh, behind closed doors. So. I don't know. I think a person that calls themselves orthodox that, you know, in public appears to have, uh, you know, those basic uh, observances that we say are the definition. Right. I think we believe them. At least I do. I believe people unless they've proven themselves to be untrustworthy. So, uh, Jay Glazer from the NFL on Fox was on this show, and he says that, you know, after he finishes everything, because Friday is such a big thing, got to catch up on all the injuries in the NFL and do all this pregame prep, et cetera, et cetera, for Sunday's show. But once he finally collapses or, you know, the day is over at midnight, goes back to his room and makes Kiddush. You know, he says this mm. on the air. You know, wow. Sometimes he'll invite other people. Oh, so I think that's the most unbelievable thing in the world. He is not orthodox sure. to the, you know, to the level that we might be or Shomer Shabbos to the, you know, to even close to what we you know, normally associate Shomer Shabbos people with. But look what he's doing in that environment of the NFL and Fox. He's telling guys out there, you know, big stars, you know, i got to go back to my room. I want to, you know, do a little Shabbos praying and a little uh, kiddish. You know? I think that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that every mitzvah counts, and I think we, I think we as a community have to be, le- the people that are judging have to be far less judgmental. And that's one of the stereotypes or one of the negative feelings that I would say the, the non-Orthodox community perceives or connects with the Orthodox community, that you're, you know, watching everything I do, judging, and, you know, maybe we have to, you know, focus, as Rav Yisrael Slanter said, that my spirituality is, is your physicality, and then just leave it at that and, and sort of uh, be proud of, of every, uh, you know, Jewish commitment that's out there and, and lead and inspire by being an inspiring person, not by knocking someone down. I think it's far more effective to speak about why observance and why Torah study and why those things build me up as opposed to telling someone else, you know, you must change or do this differently. Let me focus on myself and I'll share what, you know, makes my life meaningful to the world and whoever that is appealing to can do something with it and if it's not appealing then they can choose not to we have bechira we have free will so people should you know believe that others can exercise it and less judginess uh, judginess i like that uh allison josephs is here jew in the city on the subject of being more tolerant and being more understanding there are people uh, from the Hasidic community, from the mainstream yeshiva community, from the mainstream Orthodox community, call it whatever you want, or maybe they are in fact three different categories, uh, who, you know, who, who are not exactly, uh, observing, uh, the way their parents might be, uh, who might be different than what their siblings are doing, who might be what we call, you know, heading off the derech or already off the derech. I don't know what term you want to use, and I'm trying not to be, you know, judgmental, so. <laughs> I'm watching you. <laughs> Thank you. So you've decided that in order to help some of those people out there who are going through difficult struggles and who sometimes are dealing with very intolerant parents, siblings, grandparents, friends, community members, etc., uh, that they need a little bit of a of, a, of an assistance, a little boost, uh, a little hand holding. Tell us what Project Macomb is all about. So basically, um, 
I wasn't looking to start another organization because, honestly, I'm just trying to run the current organization or grow the current organization. Um, it was about two years ago, a little over two years ago, I was speaking in Muncie. This couple comes up to me at the end of my talk, and they told me they were raised ultra-Hasidish, which at the point I didn't actually know what that meant. I, I'm more familiar with the modern Orthodox world, the nuances within the right wing, left wing. I heard centrist. I heard like three quarters to the right. Um, but <laughs> I, I didn't realize at the time that really every community, Chabad, you there's all different flavors and, and nuances within it because we must keep dividing ourselves into more and more groups. Anyway, they said it was too much for us. And what does that mean? It meant that starting 11 years old, the boys are not playing ball. It means that starting at 13 years old, they're done with secular studies. I mean, this is the most right-wing parts of the Hasidish world. Right. Um, he said, we still want to be from we don't know who to follow. And he's, I was so struck by this. I said, I didn't know that was a thing that, you know, people in this world are not happy there or some of them and they want to make a change and don't know how to do it. So I said, oh, okay, so you'll come for Shabbos. I'll introduce you to my rabbi and my friends. Anyway, I got interrupted in the middle of this conversation. I looked back and they were gone and I thought, oh shoot, I lost the lost people. What, what do I do now? So on the way home from the talk, I'm calling different leaders of different Jewish organizations. Can we start something? Can we do something? And everyone's like, no, like A, that's super controversial. It's going to offend people. B, who was ready to fund something else. Um, and so I just sort of put it aside, kind of like you you know, put in the back of your mind, there's like starving kids in Africa, you don't want to think about it, you know it's a problem, but how am I going to deal with it? And every so often over like the next year, I would think about it and feel guilty and forget about it. And then a little over a year ago, I read a blog post that pushed me over the edge, and I said the time to do something is now. I read about a woman named Freda Wiesel, who for three years after she left Curious Yoel, she was in the most right-wing part of Curious Yoel, um, which is saying something, she tried to acclimate into mainstream Muncie. No kid, no school wanted her kid in their yeshiva. They said, we don't want an ex-Hasidish Yiddish-speaking kid on his way down. Uh, no one had them for Shabbos. She eventually started paying a neighbor to play with her son on Shabbos. Mm. And after three years of being discarded and being not wanted, she said, enough with this. And now she's one of the most prominent members of the, the footsteps community, the formerly observant community. I read this story and I said, this is our problem. This is not, people, you know, like to say, you know, sort of, they want to have war against this footsteps, you know, there, this is an organization that helps people, helps people get out of the Haredi world. And they can choose what they want to do afterwards. Um, and of course, there's all different opinions. Some people say they're trying to make them leave and other people say they're letting them choose. And uh, I'm not going to comment on that. I, I, again, I trust people when they tell me what they're doing. They've told me that they're there just to help get pe- people out and then, you know, they can choose where they want to go. But, um, People feel like there's a war, but if we're the ones that were not making her comfortable. We're the ones that were not making her feel like there was a place for her to exist. So after I read this blog post, I said, I don't know what it is I'm proposing. I'm not sure what's going to happen if I propose this, but it's time to share this information with the Jew in the City fan base. So I said, this is the couple that I met and I lost. They needed us. This is a woman that tried to make this change. We didn't let her in. Why are we doing this? Is anyone out there in, you know, in uh, the Internet world want to help people who want help to make this transition and 200 people wrote in all around the world Shabbos placement getting someone else's kid in their school friendship mentoring and so two women actually stepped forward um, Mindy Schopper and Gabriella Lerner to say we would like to lead this effort I said thank God because I have no time to do anything <laughs> new um, and we came up with the name Project Makom in that we'll help you find your place Makom um, whenever you figure out where you want to be we will make room for you Makom and and Hashem's name Hamakom, that, you know, this is the, the term that we use when a person is in mourning, that there's a, something that they're kind of leaving behind. There's a life that they're leaving behind and forging something new. Um, it's 
something that really hasn't been done before. Again, because it feels a little bit controversial, or right. is it offensive? Well, even this conversation, I guarantee you, so, <laughs> there will be people contacting me today. You know, you went ahead and condemned, you know, this community. That, we're not condemning anybody. God forbid. That, I know, have... Every Hasidic community, all of our wonderful communities, right wing, left wing, they're all wonderful, but... As you just indicated, there are people who either feel left out or needed a little bit of a different direction. Well, the other thing I'd like to say is that there are, you will see Jews on the more modern side of things moving to the right. I know right. many people that have, you know, transitioned to more yeshivish over time, or I even know people. And even Hasidic. Even, even Hasidic. Right. I know people like that. Um, the question, now the question is, sh- is there an organization that should help someone, you know, become more insular or, you know, adapt those minhagim? Like, uh, we're not the right people because I don't know how to be Hasidic like that. I'm saying if there's such a need, um, then, you know, so much is explore, right? explore it. Um, the reason that we started this is because I saw people, the choice was either leaving observance completely um, or... Really, that was it. It was leaving, right. really, or just feeling lost and alone, right. and so and so. That's why we really stepped in. Not and the interesting thing is that when you try to do something kind of controversial, you have you know um, haters and you know negative feedback on both sides. So on one side, we are being accused of like kiruv and trying to reel back you know people that want to leave, world. To, in, you know, reel them back in. Right. Um, or on the other side, we're being accused of trying to poach people right. into a watered down Judaism. And really, um, we, we don't have an agenda. We're what I. I would say is um, if a person is on their way out, I would say take the time to explore what's there. And ultimately, I believe you should use your Bechira and figure out where you want to be. But at least educate yourself to know. I'm sorry. Yeah, to, to know what's what's what. Allison Josephs is here, Jew in the City. What was We're talking about Project Macomb. What was the first Project Macomb Shabbaton like? So um, we were just in the five towns uh, a week and a half ago. It was incredible. We, you know, you, you put it out there. And Who'd you invite? Like, how, how did people even find out that this existed? Social media. The interesting thing is that you think that the people that, you know, n- would need to be reached and the people that... Right, couldn't be. Right. Couldn't be. Right. Uh, so we were actually on a Pesach program in Fort Lauderdale, and there were a couple families from Monroe there, and one of the women passed by me and whispered in my ear, I follow you on Facebook, but under a fake name. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> really? And then another one there said, mentioned the Ice Bucket Challenge. And I said, how do you know about hashtag Ice Bucket Challenge? Um, and she said, oh, we're all online. We're all online, but just quietly. So the thing is that I, I, it sounds like from people on the inside that there's a lot of people that are already online. And once they're there, they're checking out you know, all different things. And so if they're looking for a way to still hold on to Shabbos and, and you know, where I, I don't think what we're offering is a compromised observance. You know, I, I mean, this is, this is the meaning of my life. Yeah. I, I changed my life around. I dragged my to whole, come to this. my whole family along with me. I, I spend my, my day and night because I dream about it also, um, inspiring people <laughs> and like closest to Hashem. I actually have like conversations with fake people about it's actually I wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, like get, get another hobby, Allison. You're kind of obsessed. <laughs> but meaning like this, this is my life and my passion. Um, but at the same time, people need to figure out what fits for them and what works for them. And so we want to be there as an option. Once someone's looking to get out, we want to know, we want them to know that we're here for them. Right. Unfair question because this is not how we judge success, but I'm just curious how many people were at this Shabbaton? So we had a wait list actually. Yeah, I know. That's the crazy thing. So the, we first put the, the thing out there, the registration and like two people are signing up and four and like, you know, it's, it's those voices of self doubt. This is crazy. You're, you know, Risking like getting put in for nothing else, <laughs> um, and then um, sometimes yeah, but, sometimes but, that's beneficial.
official, but that's right. a, the, I know, the topic that, for that's another day. Topic. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and then so then more signups and then we like close the registration and suddenly we were at capacity of, of, you know, home hospitality. So I would say about 60 um, participants we were able to fit into the. What was it like when they met each other? People, it, it was life changing. Our people described to us that they finally found family, that they finally felt a place to belong. One gentleman had expressed during one of our classes that um, he had, was a, th- there, a lot of these are thinking people that just were not getting answers where they were. And he was kept asking his Rav questions, and eventually his Rav said, Your questions ruined my Shabbos, please stop. So he felt so alone and alienated after that. And then he came to this group and he saw that we were open to questions and it was okay to have an answer to every difficult question and we could be there you know with some of that tension some of those difficulties and he said i finally found you i'm good for today but what do i do tomorrow Mm. and so um they we we the the oneg we had a transition panel of people telling their stories of how they went from you know some part of the hasidic world to something you know more centrist um people didn't leave i didn't get to go to bed till three o'clock in the morning i'm i'm not young anymore i want to go to sleep sooner than that (laughs) it was therapeutic Uh, yeah no they they did not we were kind of like we couldn't flicker the lights because it was shabbos we're like (laughs) time to you know get to bed now um they made a malava malka motze shabbos at a nearby restaurant because they simply did not want to leave each other our Facebook group now has about 200 people. We have not done any advertising, really. It's just word of mouth is spreading. And so, again, what we're finding is we're finding parts of the people that have left the community already. That um, and parts of the you know footsteps community people told us if this had been here when I was on my way out, right. perhaps I'd still be observant today. Did any of the participants have their own families? Did you have couples or you know who yeah, already have their own? Had, yeah, we had we had families, we had singles, we had divorced people. They have we, their own kids. It must yeah. add to the confusion about what the future is going to be like and what they want for their kids, et cetera, et cetera. So some brought the kids along, some left the kids at home. I mean, really, you know, people kept saying, what what type of a group is this going to be? We said, we have no idea, really. I mean, we were actually quite um, <laughs> shockingly surprised how normal everyone was because when you put things out to the Internet and you say, right. come, Internet, and join us, um, you don't know what you're going to get. But actually, there were really people came in as far as Baltimore, as far as Scranton. Yeah, people really drove in to be here. It was quite, it was quite remarkable. And some of the people on the transition panel, we had one woman who was raised in a very low educational school um, in a certain part in the Hasidic world. The girls, I believe, it sounds like, have better uh, secular education right. than the boys do. Um, but hers happened to be a very low school. She decided it wasn't for her. She never went out and did anything crazy. She just saw an ad one day from Malot College in Baltimore and said, hmm, maybe that's my ticket to something a little bit different. Went there. Worked her butt off, stayed up late Motse Shabbos, teaching herself how to write and read better in math. Woke up early Sunday mornings to teach herself more. That's what she was using Google and the Internet for. She just graduated with a double master's in microbiology and immunology from Johns Hopkins. Unbelievable. So we talk about Jewish heroes. So this is someone, again, she never, you know, got into anything wild. She just said, this was not the right space for me. This is something that fits better. I'm going to go out and find my way. Unbelievable. Allison Josephs is here. How do people support Project Macomb? What are we doing to encourage people to get you guys really off the ground and going? Look, so um, like all good things, funding is always helpful. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, my joke is that I've gotten involved in all these different uh, you know, initiatives to avoid fundraising because, you know, I have to stay busy somehow. They're, they're like, you know, 90% of your time is fundraising. And I'm like, not if I stay busy with, <laughs> with everything else. <laughs> exactly. Um, but our, we're building a new website. Um, right now, if you go to jewinthecity.com slash project dash Macomb, right. uh, you can find information about it. You can sign up as a mentor. We have... Uh, uh, you know, a volunteer 
position where you can, you know, be there to learn secular studies with someone over the phone, help them with their English, help them get their GED, help them apply to college, help them with career advice, or and or Jewish studies, help learn halacha with them, you know, that sort of a thing. Help them with friendship, invite them for Shabbos. So the mentorship uh, opportunities uh, offer a wide range of opportunities. And then, God willing, we'll continue doing Shabbatons in various communities. Um, one thing that I mentioned to the Shabbaton is that when I was making my uh, way to observance, I had no idea about this whole, like, hashkafa thing. Like, you know, the world that I came from there was kind of like people didn't know so much and then people knew even less. Like, it was not that we divided ourselves up into all these different groups. Somehow it's only an Orthodox thing, 31 flavors of Orthodoxy. Right. And I remember the first summer that I studied in Israel, um, everybody was, you know, kind of like pulling me this way and that way. Are you modern? Are you Haredi? And I said, I don't know what I am. I just thought, you know, I'll uh, eat kosher food. I'll make a bracha first. I'll keep Shabbos every seventh day. And wherever I went, I saw that everyone had an agenda to make me like them. You go to someone modern, they'd say Haredi's crazy. You go to someone Haredi, they'd say modern's lazy. You go to someone Lubavitch, they'd say be Lubavitch. And everywhere I went, I thought like, I can't trust you. You all want me to be you. And this summer that I thought was finally like me finding my place was a tremendously difficult, basically crying every day, so lost. At the end of the summer, I met this woman in Sfat uh, at a Shabbaton, and she was this very mystical Haredi Sfat woman, Balas Chua. And her husband made Hamotzi, his eyes flickered in his head. Like, I mean, they were out there, people. Um, <laughs> lovely, but a little out there. And instead of telling me, move to Svat and marry a flickering eye guy, um, as if that's a category, she <laughs> said there were 12 Shvatsim, there were 12 tribes, each had their own way, go find yours. And she was the first person that gave me permission to say, I can actually see what fits me the best and, uh, you know, and, and go with that. And then I ended up at a seminary, Midrasha Rachel, part of a school called Dar Chinoam, where they offered us a, a chance to explore a range of different hashkafas, meet different teachers. And so that's really the idea that I've infused into Jew in the city when we present information on orthodoxy to not just show it's one size fits all, that there's different opinions, different communities. And then with Makom in terms of people saying, well, this was too much and too intense, but in terms of where to go from here, we had a modern yeshivish guy. We had, you know, um, uh, Yoetzah Halacha. We had a modern Hasidish rabbi, Rav uh, Wein, uh, Moshe Weinberger um, at Eish Kodesh. We really tried to show people that there's a lot of different places that you could end up once you leave where it didn't right. work for you. And in a lot of ways, you can keep what you know, a lot of what you had you know, and, and continue those traditions while, you know, supplementing your life to make it even more enriched and to feel even better about yourself and uh, and to move forward. Exactly. Uh, you don't have to give everything up, that's for sure. Uh, is this going to be one of the most difficult things about uh, Project Macomb, this perception as you just outlined it regarding uh, Israel that, you know, you or others are, you know, trying to suck as many people from their community into the modern Orthodox world? Hey, look, you know, doing a show like this and, and explaining, putting it in, in my words, in our words, what it is, I hope will be helpful. I think when you do something controversial, you're going to always have people who, you know, um, don't trust what you say about yourself or claim you have a hidden agenda. I, we we started it because there are people that told us that they were lost and they needed someone to, to be there for them and care for them. And so um, if that bothers someone that, you know, we're putting together a resource of, you know, humans that care for other Jews and want to help them find a place to belong, so then that's... Someone else's problem, not mine. Boy, really. you put that really well. <laughs> a good I, guilt trip. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, is is it ego? Like, obviously, you know, I, look, parents. I see parents want their kids to end up as they are. Right. It's it's a normal, natural thing. Right. But I think you know in, they want to be validated. Yeah. Uh, but it's supposed to be that your kid's supposed to be Alp Darko. That a kid's right. supposed to go according to his way, not yours. And look, the way that I. 
when I when I first got involved in in Jewish outreach, I think I was kind of this like you know flaming ball tshuva that was like let's make the whole world religious. That was sort of a very immature. Over time and with my husband's help, I realized that it's not my job to quote unquote make anyone religious. It's my job to put the information out there. It's my job to speak about what inspires me. It's my job to publicize all the good stuff, to deal with the challenging stuff, to try to fix the problems. That's my job. And then ultimately. It's everyone else's job to choose, right. and so that's just we're just trying to be one more place with information and with resources, with you know handholding for anyone that wants to be there, and then we'll let people choose. And if someone has a problem with that, they can have a problem. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at ninety one point nine in the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmam.org. Allison Josephs is the Jew in the City, just uh, search those words anywhere on the web, and you'll find her website. Project Macomb is a new initiative. Isn't it interesting, by the way, as you describe the desire for parents to have their own lives validated or you know put in whatever psychological terms you want, uh, and they want their kids to follow in, in you know whatever they're doing? You really have had a unique background in that area because you've had both experiences. You had an era that you described to us as pushback from your parents, and then uh, and then later on in life, you've had a uh, a, a period of time, thank God, where your parents are completely aboard everything that's going on. So it's it's interesting. You've had really both. I, I live both ways. Look, it's hard when you're going in a different direction, and I think that the journey of the Balchuva is similar in terms of this person that's searching for a new community because ultimately you might have to go only for yourself and not for um, the acceptance of your family and friends because some of these people, uh, I mean, we, we heard a very uh, sad story of a guy uh, from a, a rebish family who had gotten into very bad things and then with the help of a mentor um, found his way back to observance, not Hasidic, but to observance, right. strong, dominating, Shabbos, learning, and he called his parents up uh, to say, can I come home for Pesach? And they said, no, no Pesach, no Pesach, it, no, don't call right. us. And so um, it, it's it's hard, and, and he called up his mentor and he said, why did I bother doing any of this? Why did I bother you know, finding my way back when they're still rejecting me? So um, it's... It's very hard to to live a life where you believe you're doing something that's you know is truthful and uh, you know feels right to you, even if you don't have the acceptance of everyone else. Although, what I there are a lot of parents that accept. There are a lot of parents yeah. that are willing to be there still. And what I hope maybe we can get into at some point with Project Makom is you know sort of helping the parents to see that their kids are doing great things. And even one of the people on our transition panel, the parents fought her, fought her, fought her. And they came and they saw her family a couple of years later, the children and the husband, and they saw that they were living a serious Torah life. It was a different flavor than what the parents had, but they saw that they were living a good life and their life was full of Hashem. Nice. And they and the mother said to the daughter, you were right and I was wrong. Yeah. I recall that the, there's somebody out there who told me a story that uh, when their son was going through these challenges... Uh, and deciding where he was or, or, or where he wanted to be, et cetera, et cetera. So every day, the father, even though he knew it would likely not be used, would put an alnatilisidayim cup that he had done since the kid was a little kid by his bed. And this would go on, you know, for years and years. And, and many, many years later, this young man, who's now an, you know, a wonderful standing member of the Orthodox community, said to me that that thing that his father did every day was so instrumental. Hmm. In, in getting him back and, you know, getting his life back on track that he knew there was always this connection. And by the way, I spoke with, um, uh, somebody you know very well. I'm not going to name her at the moment, but, uh, let's call her a very well known, uh, um, uh, footsteps person or whatever you want to call it. And I, 
I said to her, in your case, it's obvious that uh, you had zero parental support. If one of your parents would have at least been somewhat sympathetic to what you wanted to do, go to college, et cetera, et cetera, would you be orthodox? She said 100%. I may not be, you know, as quote-unquote as orthodox as they are, but I'd certainly still be Shomer Shabbos. So parents, not, not that we're the experts here, but and it just seems to be that the more you can stay connected with the kids who are going through really tough challenges, uh, that is the chance. That is the opportunity for things to improve down the road. Otherwise, things really can get really bad. And I think ultimately when a kid is uh, struggling, the first thing is that they need to know that the love is unconditional right. and that the relationship and, you know, you being my child that I'll never forsake, like how... Hashem does it for us. Right. That's the first thing that I think. I think once the kid feels that um, the love is only connected to, you know, how many times I daven, it's over. That's, you know, so that's got to be there. And for, for some of these people we're meeting, they are finding that the love is connected to not even just the halachos, but also the minhagim. And so we're offering, um, you know, support in terms of therapy. We had a social worker along at the event. Look, we are going into completely unknown territory here. We don't right. really exactly, people are telling us, how about tuition costs? How do you expect people here right. to be able to support? We don't have the answer to everything, but, you know, just because you don't have the answer doesn't mean you shouldn't start to fix the problem. 100%. Uh, is there uh, another Shabbaton on the calendar, or we don't oh, know yet? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, look, there, we're going to do smaller events over the summer. Um, if people join, if they want to be involved, it, we have a Project Makam group on Facebook where we're sort of updating that sort of stuff. You know, what I want to do after an event is over, just like take a nap. And One, one of the people said was, this should have been a three-day yuntif. I mean, that, <laughs> that was how much they loved it. That we wish that this is over a three-day. If you can sell someone on wanting a you know, three-day three yuntif, yuntif programming, you, you know you're doing something well. So, yes, yeah, so we're going to do some smaller programming over the summer. We, we've got to get funding going for this to move forward. Um, and the, the very interesting thing is that when I started Jew in the City, I thought that I was rebranding orthodoxy right. to the non-orthodox community. Right. What I've learned is that it's rebranding orthodoxy to parts of the orthodox community that were unhappy with the orthodoxy that they knew. And they, they, they were ready to reject it. They were ready to throw it off altogether. And they said, wait. Actually, this could be an appealing way for me to live. I I could do this instead. And so it's really mind-boggling that, you know, it could reach such different spectrums. But once you put it out there, again, you just sort of let it see who it inspires and let them use their Bechira. Uh, we are excited that uh, this season with Jew in the City uh, Speaks, Jew in the City Speaks Thursday at 10 o'clock is... uh, rounding itself out with an amazing array of guests. Today, your guest is Debbie Fox. She is director of Maganiel Adim Child, Child Safety Institute, and the topic will be abuse in the Orthodox community, yet another headline that is quite troublesome, obviously, but this is a topic that needs to be discussed. You'll do that with her at 10 o'clock this morning, and I'm sure people can anticipate a great conversation. It's interesting. She wrote a book, uh, Seminary Savvy, to help girls going off to seminary be safe and oh, so she how does, timely that is she does total safety because i don't think you can ever write a book specifically right. on this area but right. um again to to watch out for you know sort of signs and signals of inappropriate relationships forming while you're so far from home so it's not comfortable to talk about it but if we want to be a kiddush hashem we need to 
we need to keep kids safe. And you need even, the tools. You need to you need to be able to face the tough challenges because that's really what's a kiddush Hashem to to protect you know innocent people and to fight for you know the right thing. And so you have sometimes have to get over the discomfort and do what needs to be done. Allison is Jew in the city. You can search her online, and of course, Project Macomb is a new initiative. And anybody out there would like to fund it or get more information, or if you know people who would benefit from it, you could join the Facebook group or get information through the website. And uh, today at 10 o'clock, you'll hear Jew in the City Speaks right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, I wish you a great summer and continued amazing uh, Hatzlacha with everything you're doing. You're doing incredible work out there. Thank you so much. Same to you. Appreciate that. Nine minutes after 8 o'clock, this is a, a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.
Ari Goldwag, Minamitsar, JM in the AM. Before that, Bum Bum, done by Benny Friedman. We'll try to get to that Yaakov Shweki single again. Played it earlier. It is a really nice selection. Try to do that one more time before we leave the air this morning here at JM in the AM. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Charlie Harari. It's a rebroadcast of the show he did from Israel. Um, he'll be doing that at 9 o'clock this morning. Make sure to be tuned in on the Nahum Siegel Network app. Uh, make sure to be tuned in on your computer, your iPad, etc., etc., etc. The listen line. Just tune in. Uh, and be part of the amazing experience that we call NSN. want to thank those who are commenting on our app. Oh, the listen line? Yeah, if you want to hear the listen line, if you want to actually call up and hear what's going on 24 hours a day, it's a 605-562-4400. That is the uh, listen line for NSN. A lot of people tune in by phone. It's unbe- I don't mean iPhone apps. I'm talking about phone phone, like phone like an actual telephone, it's unbelievable. So that's the number if you want to join that group. Um, so people are commenting on our app. Thank God positive comments <laughs> um, about our conversation regarding Project Macomb. One listener writes, I'd love to have people over for Shabbos meals. How do I get involved with Project Macomb? Well, we're going to find out. And we're going to, uh, well, not find out. We're going to send you the information and uh, give you an opportunity to do so. Anybody out there who wants information, you can go to the Jew in the City website. There's a tab at the top that says Macomb, and that's basically it. That's the way it works. It's as simple as that. Weekly update tomorrow. I was um, visiting with the uh, Bach and Honline families yesterday. As we mentioned earlier in the week, uh, Mr. Senderbach passed away. Uh, that is um, the son of Dr. and Mrs. Bach. And um, the son-in-law of uh, Frady and Malcolm Holmline. And um, we, of course, extend our condolences to the entire family. Malcolm will join us tomorrow. We spoke about it uh, yesterday, about making an appearance and discussing the news of the week on the air this morning, or tomorrow morning, rather. And he said that uh, we will likely go ahead and, and do that. So we will speak with him tomorrow here at JMAM, 7 o'clock hour, of course, the weekly update. Reminder that the Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball camp happens at Hafter today. It happens at the uh, Hafter School in Lawrence. Um, special guest Derek Sharp, the great Maccabi Tel Aviv superstar. Um, anyway, it starts this morning at the Hafter Middle School on Frost Lane in Lawrence. Uh, everybody enjoy it out there. should be an amazing an amazing day for basketball. Charlie Bernhout presents Yusela's World this coming Sunday at Congregation B'nai Yeshurun in Teaneck, New Jersey. It's free admission. A collation will follow. Charlie will present a uh, wonderful program concerning the great cantor Yusela Rosenblatt, including the playing of an original 100-year-old 78 RPM recording on a Victor phonograph from 1905. The invention of sound will be discussed as it relates to Yusela's Spectacular rise. Film clips will be shown. There'll be a brief discussion with maps concerning his movements throughout the Austro-Hungarian Empire. PowerPoint presentation will follow his life year by year from his birth in 1892 to his untimely death 
in Jerusalem in 1933. Um, so that's happening. Charlie Bernhout, Yusela's World, is coming Sunday. Congregation B'nai Yashurin starting at 7.30 p.m. in Teaneck, New Jersey. want to remind everybody that Lamdenu has their brand-new semester, summer semester, coming up starting on June the 29th, including classes like Advanced Talmud for Women, Halachic Perspectives on Marriage, The End of Moshe's Life in Pshat and Drash, Safe for Yona. That's uh, all happening at Lamdenu at Congregation Beth Aaron on Queen Anne Road in Teaneck. Information, it's uh, lamdenu.org to register, lamdenu.org to register for that. I mentioned we got the book Banished here in the studio. Aliza Basmanachem has written a book called Banished about the uh, expulsion from Gush Katif, that infamous episode in American history. And is, excuse me, in Jewish history, I meant to say. So we will talk about that at some point, I'm sure. I want to thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com. Only Simchas not only continues to inform everybody about smachot that are going on around the world on a regular basis, but they have expanded to provide some amazing content for those of us who are involved, or even if you're not involved in the Jewish community. Really great stuff. Uh, I'm highly recommending it. Check out OnlySimchas.com, not only for all the smachot out there, but for all the incredible... Uh, items that they are posting on a regular basis. Hey, I want to give a special shout-out to the young man from Lakewood, New Jersey, who told me that he, um, who told me that every day at about 8.15, as he's driving from Lakewood to the Bronx, JM and the AM suddenly appears on the radio. I think, what did he say? I think exit 126 it was. So he knows who he is. I hope he's tuned in right now. Special shout-out to him and all our listeners who are on long commutes every day. We love those long commutes, don't we? Well, I don't know if the drivers do, but I know we do. <laughs> the rest of the day, I don't like the long commutes when I'm here. They're a tremendous advantage, I must say. So uh, a special shout-out to that listener. Also, a Mazel Tov going out, as I said earlier, just a um, a wonderful celebration last evening up at the Rockley Country Club. Mazel Tov to Tzvi and Nechama Waldman. The brand new uh, Hassan and Kala, a uh, Flatbush Lawrence uh, Shidduch, a special Mazel Tov to the Cohen family, the Waldman family, the extended family, even the family from around the world, from uh, England. Very prominent mishpachas got together uh, yesterday for this wonderful Simchus Tzvi and Nechama Waldman Mazel Tov to you. And a big shout out to Aaron Teitelbaum and Yisrael Lamb and Ellie Cohen and the entire orchestra, Mutti J and Baba and everybody who made everything sound so amazing last night. Um, and a special, special recognition to Shlaimi Daskal, who both at the chuppah and during the reception was outstanding last evening. Just an incredible presentation. So thumbs up our entitled bound Mazel Tov to the Chassan and Kala, the Cohen and Waldman families. It was a pleasure celebrating with you. And we say Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up. This is a Thursday morning broadcast.
Lights sets you free Above infinity Your soul could walk 
Song, good song. JM in the AM, it's a good song. That's a good song. Eighth day, title track to the uh, Inner Flame CD. Uh, before that, you heard the um, selection from Ohad. I want to thank him for joining us yesterday. If you missed that conversation, check it out online. Archive section of jmnam.org. Uh, you heard Sameach from his Skula album here at JMNAM. Well, as I keep saying, we have an amazing day on our stream. We have Every day is an amazing day on our stream, but Thursdays always seems to be even more spectacular. I don't know why that is. And uh, today, Charlie Harari follows me at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the stream at jmnam.org on the NSN app. 10 o'clock, it'll be Allison Josephs, as we mentioned when she was here. Miriam L. Wallach with a great, great addition of That's Life, Mayor Weingarten. That's right, Miriam is taking advantage of Mayor Weingarten's expertise, and she and he together will be presenting a program in memory of both Yoni Netanyahu and Naomi Shemer. Their yard sites were observed this week, and they'll play appropriate music, and of course, I'm sure Mayor will have some very interesting recollections. That's happening between 10.30 and 11 o'clock. At 11, we'll do the live lunch, and Doug Sokloff, Kitchen Sink, is going to join me. They have this... um they have this major push now, I guess, oh, maybe because of all the weddings in June. They have this major push where they're getting a lot of people who are sending kitchen sink boxes to brand new brides uh, and grooms, and grooms, I should say, to help the young couple uh, cook up a uh, a delicious dinner a couple of nights a week. So we'll speak to them about that. Looking forward during our live lunch. And then at 1 o'clock, a supersized edition of the stunt show. 
Leora Zamek says this is a hot topic alert, and she's right. The stunt show today at 1 p.m. Eastern Time is all about dating. She'll speak with Rookie Renoff, an amazing author of The Art of the Date and The Art of Marriage. Joy Lieber, creator of the Getting to Know You game, uh, which is called Perfect Matches. Plus, Leora will invite friends to play the game, uh, and you don't want to miss it. It's a supersized, jam-packed two-hour show, and it should be pretty amazing. So that's happening uh, today, starting at 1 o'clock, right after the live lunch. Leo Razamic with the stunt show, all about dating. How do you like that? Tomorrow morning, we'll do our weekly update. 7.40 tomorrow morning here at JM and the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. Uh, I mentioned that Charlie Bernhardt's going to be in uh, two weeks from today. We're going to be... Um, Tossing on the turntable some great cantorial selections. Yeah, right in the middle of our three weeks format. I'll give you a warning. There is going to be musical accompaniment to it. But, you know, my theory and philosophy has always been that the cantorial selections during the three weeks, probably even better than some of the rock and roll acapella stuff that we play. So we're going to really drift off format and do that. By the way, that same week is the week we go to Houston. Houston, Texas is, of course, the uh, one of the cities that was devastated by the uh, by the storm, by the hurricane down uh, on Matze Shvuis. And um, uh, we're going to be heading down. We're going to take a close look at what's happening. We'll try to offer some help and encourage our listeners to help in whatever way we can and um, get a feel for what is uh, what I am told, one of the most amazing Jewish communities in the United States of America down in Houston, Texas. And I want to thank the people who made it possible for us to go down, and we are looking forward to doing some good work down there. That's going to be the first week of the three weeks, right after Shavasar Batamu's. That Tuesday, we leave for Houston, Texas, and we'll be broadcasting from there. Uh, if you have any special recommendations, you know someone there, or you want to offer a uh, recommendation about something that needs to be uh, uh, featured while we're down there, uh, you can just email us, and we'll see if we can get to it um, before the trip. Uh, JM in the AM, 22 minutes before 9 o'clock. This is the, this is the brand-new single that was introduced by Yaakov Shweki. It's called... I can be. We played it earlier today. I was struck by it. I said we got to do it one more time before we leave the air. Here it is, brand new Yaakov Shweki. This is JM in the AM.
In the AM, Jerusalem Stone done by uh, Eighth Day. Good song off the brand new Inner Flame. Did you hear that song before that? Yaakov Shweki, a brand new single. I think that's a dynamite song. I think that's a absolute winner. Uh, Yaakov Shweki with I Can Be uh, off of the, uh, well, not off of anything. Brand new single here at JMN. Twelve minutes before nine o'clock. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to be tuned in all day long on our stream at jmnam.org. Incredible programming coming up. This is a brand new single from Maydad Tassa and God Elbaz together at JM in the AM. <laughs> Kulam 
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Your meow Damon off of the uh, brand new Ton of the Valley OCD. That's how we wrap things up here on a Thursday morning at JM and the AM. Charlie Harari is next on NSN and the NSN app and jmtheam.org with the boardroom. Allison Josephs, who was a guest of ours earlier with Jew in the City Speaks at 10 o'clock. That's live with Miriam Alwala coming up. 11 a.m. We'll have our live lunch. Doug Sokloff of Kitchen Sink is going to join us. 1 p.m., Leora Zamek with a supersized stunt show on the topic of dating. She does have some amazing guests. Make sure to tune in. Keep it on our stream all day long at jmnam.org. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.